This is like a bigger picture issue, but when, you know, what is it, 70% of our educator workforce are white women, it is so hard for them to see what it's like to grow up the way we grew up. And it's hard for them to figure out how to relate and be in community. So I, I always joked about this, but I I think when I was running for school board, I was like, I, I really just want the educators in our system to figure out how to make friends. <laughs> and like how to make friends with people that are different than you. So Me, yeah, meaning that I want you to learn how to be in an authentic relationship with not just the students, because I think our educators can develop really strong rapport with young people. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to do that same kind of rapport and relationship building with the adults in their lives. And it doesn't have to be mom and dad. It could be auntie. It could be their boss. It could be their uncle. Like, you name it. But if you can develop the authentic relationship with the adults in the young people's lives that you're in charge of, your work is going to become easier, right? Yeah. Um, but how do you write in a job description? Make friends. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you know? can't teach that. Hey, man, come to Cascade. You'll see. <laughs> hey. Come to Cascade. You'll find out. I just remember uh, when I first came back from school, we, I started uh, started a youth group up at, up at Mount View, and it was a bunch of little junior high kids, right? And it was even before the Zach era. It was before them. But these kids went to Cascade, and they were knuckleheads, right? And so I don't know what, I don't really know what moved me, but I went down to, I made an appointment with the principal at Cascade, and I just gave him a list of all the students that were part of the middle school, the, our youth group, right? And he looked at the list, and he said, um, you know what, this is really interesting. He goes, these, you've got quite a group here. I said, yeah, I figured that. And he said, um, I hate I hate to admit this. He said, but it makes a difference to me to know that these kids are involved somewhere else in the community because, you know, when they're at when they're here at the school, it just it just it makes me think differently that there are other people, other adults in these kids' lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm grateful that he admitted that, but also that was so scary to me that st- staff can look at a student and think they don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but every kid comes with a community. Every kid comes with neighbors and aunts and uncles. Even if they don't live with their parents, they have they, mm-hmm. they come with somebody. They come with a group of somebody. And I hate, I hate when I hear from our educators, but the parents are so busy. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, and I'm like, I get it. And yes, our parents in our community, because they got to work two, three jobs, but there are adults in these young people's yeah. lives that are willing to throw down and yeah. put in time. And you just gotta you gotta put in that time and energy to do it. And if and if nobody else, you could call people at the CDA and say, yeah. you know, or yes, or other you know, or feast these people who are peripheral members of our students. Even if I don't know the kid personally, if you call me and say, can you be the adult that comes in to sort of 
listen mm-hmm. alongside this person. Like, yes, anybody at the CDA would do that. Any, yeah. you know, yes. I think it's an, a fair and unfair ask. I think it's an unfair ask of teachers. And I think it's the only way to get the job done. I love that you guys really focus on creating these relationships with students because I don't know how much you guys understand like the impact that has on a student because I keep coming back because you guys created that relationship with me. I don't know if you guys like recognize like how powerful that is, but like same with you, the relationship you build with your students, they're going to remember that like going through their life. And I appreciate what you guys like done for me like making me feel like I can come to you for anything you know no and um that's probably the 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 best part of the work that I've been able to do is to be able to see the growth and the the development into like young adults into like amazing human beings um and it has nothing to do with college or that kind of stuff it really just has it's the same way that I hope uh, Carrie sees my my growth and development, mm-hmm. and the, the the pride and joy that I see. Um, it's the best part. It's what keeps me keeps me going, especially when the work, the difficultiness of the things that we're doing as adults and as you know leaders. When you have those moments when you're banging your head against the wall, like why did I sign up for this? I'm not even getting paid. Like you know, like dealing with all that craziness. Uh, but when I get to have these moments with you and with all the other alumni that I've been fortunate enough to have a relationship with and see how successful you are not because of me like I did very little other than create space for us to just talk through stuff right and like just be present in your life and to cheer you on and to just be an advocate for you but you know at the end of the day y'all are the ones who are doing the learning y'all are the ones who are on the mat doing the work like y'all are the ones like living it out we're just here to support you and love you and like elevate you so that you guys can be as successful as possible but yeah it's it is rewarding um and i miss it i i don't in my current role get to have that much time with young people and that's why i try to seek it out as much as i can um but it it takes commitment and that's part of the thing that i struggle with because i know that in order to have this kind of impact you have to be able to put in the time and be accessible right because oftentimes some of the most enriching moments was when maybe we were in the College and Career Center and we weren't planning on it, but we had one of those moments where something clicked. You know, you had that like light bulb moment and you were able to finally get something done or you were finally able to realize like, oh, oh ish, like I can actually do this. Or you were, or you got accepted to a university, right? Like those moments was just because I was accessible, right? Um, I was a, a person in a space that you could be in. Um, and in my current roles, as hard as it is, I don't have the ability to just be there sometimes. Um, and I struggle with this with wrestling, too. Like, yeah. I hate not being able to not be present. Um, and I know you see it as, like, I'll take any extra support that I can get. Like, you know, the time that I am able to be there. But it, it's not how I know you got to be able to put it. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be able to be committed. And, and it feels like you got to be 100% or not even. You want to have. Yeah, and it's really difficult. Um, and I see why people who are in these other like leadership roles that have to do all the like stuff, how they get so disconnected from young people and how it, I get why it's so hard to sometimes center our young people in the decisions that we make because you get so far removed from the classroom. Um, 
So not to excuse it or anything, but it's a reality that I think happens. And I never thought I'd be doing it myself, but it, it happens even now. So I'm, I'm just going to lean in because I, I think this is very important because I know we're over time, but I'm just going to lean in. Because I think like the, the youth of the truth, man. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I'm going to probably put in some plugs at the end, but the, the kids are the ears. The kids, they know if you really want to know the community, it's the kids, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's, I think, why I really wanted you to see on the board. Uh, like, I think, like, a lot of folks and, you know, educators sometimes, educators sometimes not, you know, like, a lot of folks, they live their adult lives and then they want to represent, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they, they, they sit on boards, they sit on elected positions, but the youth are really the, the, the heartbeat, they're the pulse, mm-hmm. they have parents, they go and they frequent businesses too. They, they, when I walk on the street, I remember I haven't walked in a while. I drive everywhere. My kids walk on the street through White Center. They tell me the things that they see, similar things that I saw when I grew up. Mm-hmm. They, they, they tell me the things that they hear. And it's much, sometimes, I mean, other constituencies are very important too. Parents have a lot of power, you know? <laughs> Um, as we know, uh, especially in wealthier districts, but youth, you know, folks who are not as, uh, who don't have as much power yet, they still see more of the truth of our, of our society. They might not be able to like see all the things that are going on or explain it or understand why it is the way it is, but they know the experience of what's actually happening all the time. Mm -hmm. They keep me fresh. And I, every time I am around young people, I try to make this point evidently clear. But I might be the on the school board, right? And that, a lot of people perceive that as the top. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that our young people are at the top. Because if it wasn't for students, there is no school district, point blank. So every young person is my boss. Yes. And if I'm not creating the time and the space to really be grounded from their perspective and their experience, then I'm failing. Preach. So... Well, you think about also um, where else in your community, in your city, is there a place where there are six, seven hundred community people gathered mm-hmm. every day? Mm. You know, for Cascade, it's like six, seven hundred, right? Yep. School. For Evergreen, it's like a thousand, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where else in the community is that happening? It isn't happening anywhere, you know, but. But at the schools, where every day, five days a week, this number of your community citizens are gathered. Yep. Captive audience, right? And so, and we treat them, sometimes if we're not careful, we treat them as um, tokens. You know, they're tokenized or exploited or what have you. Mm -hmm. We don't realize it's so powerful. That's a powerful body that happens different places in our community every doggone day the ideal the ideology and the perspective that i've learned now is a hundred percent from where young people are at meaning and i I butchered that but what i'm getting at is 10 years ago when i uh, had graduated from western would i have cared as much as i do about dismantling the school to prison pipeline or about more access to behavioral health or elevating queer and trans youth uh, boys. Like, I, I knew about this stuff, but I didn't necessarily elevate it, mm-hmm. you know? 
And it's because of what young people have taught me over the last 12 years that now I'm in a position to, to center those perspectives and to dismantle some of these systems because I've been learning from young people. And it's a trip because a lot of folks are like, oh, you're coming in here and you're trying to bring these radical ideologies into our system and change everything. And it's like, no, not at all. Like I'm actually doing my job, which is listening to my constituency, which is the student, and trying to create the environment that they're demanding, you know? And that's my job, you know? And I have to learn what it means when young people bring up these issues. And then it's my job to be a champion of those issues. But 12 years ago, when I graduated from Western, a super like hippie school and blah, 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 um, I was not nearly, like you say this all the time, um, uh, we're becoming the, the, the Fairhaven student that Fairhaven wish we were. Yeah, the Fairhaven students that, we, that they wish we were, were while we were there, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm becoming it, but, but because I get to see it from our young people and what it means. Um, I, I, didn't, I wanted to make that point. I've learned so much from you, Lisa, more than I think I've ever been able to give you or share with you. I'm glad I was able to teach you something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I do value our relationship a lot. Yeah. Whenever I talk to like Evergreen alumni, they're like, oh, I just like uh, hung out with Aaron, or I need to plan a lunch with Aaron. Um, but yeah, always good things. Yeah. Talk about persistency. I still love to tell the story about uh, wrestling when it was that Saturday tournament at Chief South. Oh. Yep. No, it was Cleveland. Cleveland? Okay. It was Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. And, it's like my um, first match ever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa's the little tiny thing. And, um, she a freshman? Sophomore. sophomore. And I'm just up in the bleachers. <laughs> I, you know, I'm chilling. I don't even know what's going on. And I don't remember who it was. But this is one of the moments where I was like, oh, dookie. This is real. Like, as a coach, I wasn't prepared for a moment like this because Lisa was like on the on the mat uh knee dislocated yeah. <laughs> knee got popped out yeah. and like I wasn't ready for that like as a coach I was not ready for that moment um so like somebody comes up th- up there and is like oh my gosh this happened and I like start racing through all the things that I'm supposed to do in case hip wasn't down there yeah. and I'm freaking out like I'm like oh my I'm not ready for this who thought this was a good idea <laughs> Right. And like, you know, I'm trying to prepare myself to like not be freaked out in front of Lisa because she's probably in extreme pain and just like, you know, and I get down there (laughs) and you're kind of like almost having fun in the moment. And you're like, hey, go get the camera. (laughs) I don't remember this at all. But she was just news to me because I kind of I think I might have blacked out or the adrenaline. But I you were just not even tripping at all. Like it was like I do remember seeing you. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you're like a champ. And the reason I share this is for a lot of young people who, especially for you, where you knew that like maybe your family wasn't on board that you were even doing this sport in the beginning, and you just did this major accident that a lot of people just would have walked away at that point. But you didn't, right? You kept at it. You were persistent. You did not give up on yourself. And you kept doing it until your senior year. And that, that is just, that's inspiration for me, right? I just want to share that. You know what I'm thinking about? Hmm. Do you? Hmm? When we were on our bike trip, when we were on mm-hmm. um, the bike trip to San Juan Islands. Oh, goodness. I still have scars. Oh, my gosh. We were, I was, I was behind the group. Like, I had been the whole trip way behind. But she, she crashed on a 
really like winding highway and it was a down it was downhill and it was you know what happened i was on my bike and um again i'm afraid of riding on my bike i especially hate going down hills but i don't know why i was in front i was in front um, probably feeling myself I don't know but <laughs> I was going down the windy hill and I think I leaned too much and the pedal hit the pavement and that's when I went like crashing like in the cartoons when they like crash on their bike and then it like rolls forward and then I fell like this like going down the hill <laughs> so the bike was like on top of me <laughs> oh no yeah yeah so I by the time I come up so they were taking the bike off the street and she was being carried off the street and onto the grass and um, I was scared too. I was like, oh no. Yeah. You know, but she was, we were all upset. And then she got on the bike the next day. Yeah. That was fun. And you rode the rest of the. I, I sense a theme. I just, I just <laughs> hurt myself. And <laughs> I just, I just, you know, not only did you ride teach you guys life pain. lessons. <laughs> not only did you ride the next day, I mean, later on in that trip, like two days later, she rode. To the top of Mount Constitution, Dang. which is no joke. I mean, I oh was, my gosh, I like I drove to the hill? top of Mount Constitution in a in a car, and I was scared. No, I don't think <laughs> I completed that. You did well. Did I? Yes, you did. No, remember I was getting attacked by that bee. Yes. <laughs> I didn't finish, did I? <laughs> did I don't know. I don't think there was came... a bee following Feels me. Like the environment is just attacking you. And I was literally <laughs> crying. Lisa, oh. I don't. Did we? I don't remember Wasn't going back the... down there to pick you up. I. Oh. I feel like. Did you, I finish it? You must have gotten to the top somehow. I don't remember. I just remember being terrified. Um, and I was crying, and I think we we're all kind of split up. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, is anybody out there? <laughs> Help me! There's this bee, and so I threw my bike into the ditch, and I started running up the hill, seeing if I could find somebody. Did you sprint to the top of the mountain? I don't. Wow! I don't always get hurt, but she got to the top. When I do, constitution (laughs) it counts. Yep, totally counts. That was fun. I love that we can share these stories. I I forgot. Yeah, and White Center has. so this is what I love about this podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. our community has so many stories like this and so many experiences that. And deserve I love to that we can look back and talk about it like this. Yeah. Yep. I like that they're recorded for our memory, for sure. Mm-hmm. I do. I want to ask you before before we wrap things up, and I feel like this is like because you mentioned all the things that you were busy with, mm-hmm. and the first one you kind of briefly touched upon. I just want to know, um, brief details, uh, community center. What orgs will be there? Yeah. What where are you guys gonna be? Fifty million. I mean, how can we support? Yeah. Um, the fifty. I I'll come up with some better numbers too, some more accurate numbers. But um, it's the White Center Community Hub is gonna consist of a community hall for the community to be able to just celebrate yep. whatever it is, right? Whether it's a quince wedding. You just need a place to host a meeting. Like there's going to be this community hall for us to be in community, a space for community. Um, there's going to be a community kitchen alongside that. Um, we're intentional about not just calling it a commercial kitchen, which will allow for small business incubation and pop-ups and that kind of stuff. That if you wanted to kind of get into that cottage industry world where you're trying to create a, a thing or an item or a food, uh, we're going to have a maker space. Uh, hopefully, we'll have things like 3D printers and things that. If you want to create a product, if you want to create a, a template of it, this is a space for you to come, make that magic happen, use your entrepreneur mindset to help blast off whatever it is. So 
part of this space is for you to for you the community to have a home to dream um, and to create and to be in community uh, but the partners are going to be us, the White Center Community Development Association, the Yes Foundation of White Center, Feast Seattle, Health Point, Southwest Youth and Family Services. We're going to have uh, options around uh, behavioral health and mental health supports. We're going to have health care options. Um, we're going to have referral services there. We're going to have a- alternative high school programming there. Um, it is really going to be a space for folks to just be able to come, come together. There's going to be a tea shop. I keep on talking about how I'm going to leave the CDA and take over this tea shop. And that's going to be, yep. Like gonna, tea or like tea? Like a, a tea, the drink. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just joking, but you know, like, <laughs> I, I really want to create the dynamic for community to just be able to come and kick it, you know, break bread have a hot cup of tea or maybe coffee. I just don't want to compete against Dub C, you know? So that's why I keep on saying Team Shop. Yeah, I feel you. Maybe our weekly meetings, we can do that. Yay. And a studio space. I forgot. I almost forgot to mention that. This is where the podcast has been made. Hey. And we've been, we've been like, not just that, like open mic maybe. We've been Mm -hmm. eyeing some things. So when do you think we will... We're gonna break ground winter of next year and 15 months after that. Whoa. Hey, a lot of new developments. So yeah, June. I'm hoping like what June of 2024. So yeah, that's what's happening in White Center. Well, I know you do a lot of community stuff. You're a powerhouse. Um, so just to wrap it up, is there anything that somebody who doesn't know you would be surprised to learn about you? Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, let's see. What's this other side of Aaron we d- might not know? What's the other side? We've all met Aaron Garcia. Yeah. But do we really have no. we really known Aaron? That's what I'm always asking. I'm like, do I know you, Aaron? <laughs> or do I just know really you? met the me? real Aaron Garcia. Uh, I think you have. Yeah. You know, part of um of how I enter space is to try to be that like hundred percent myself. So, you know, I try to be the geek that I am in real life in front of young people. I try to be, yeah, unapologetically who I am in the spaces that I am so that I think even for elected representation, you got to be transparent. you got to be who you are. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I lean into that space as much as possible. That's why I, I hope you know who I am. Speaking yeah. of me. <laughs> I think that's what I learned from you, too. Like, you're just always yourself and I feel like you know me like growing up middle school high school like I'm very shy introverted but I think because I have you guys as mentors friends um I'm less scared to like show who I am like whenever I have one-on-ones with people or if I hang out with people um I'm basically an open book and I'm pretty proud of that yeah and I learned that from you thank you I just want to Give the audience, um, remind the audience that they that they are able to get in touch with you. Um, and honestly, um, especially if you're in the Highline Service area, which is pretty much our audience in the greater Seattle area, um, there's a lot of ways that you can be involved. I mean, the school board meets every two weeks. You know, you can physically show up. Yeah, can we? Yeah, yeah we can. You can physically show up, um, and you can actually meet Aaron Garcia. <laughs> Um, and I will, I'll say this again. I will 
gladly meet with anyone, um, even if it's something that you want to disagree on um, or you think is different than my ideology or perspective. Like, it is important and it's my responsibility as a representative to hear all voices and to be present. Um, so I always welcome that opportunity because school board meetings are fun, but like it's not always the best way to understand the frustration that you're experiencing as a parent or as a student or as a community member when you want our system to change. So I just wanted to highlight that point. For sure, come to school board meetings and say what you got to say because that's what it's for. But the reality is it's better for you to reach out to an elected person, not just a school board, but any elected person and say, hey, I like a meeting on this. Um, and I'm always down to go to a coffee shop um, or what have you and connect and really hear you out. If you are a parent, a student, right, um, you have a lot of stake, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're a community member and you really want to get involved, um, there's newsletter. I mean, the, the organizations surrounding the school, like Pat said, uh, the schools are a cultural hub, right? Highline Insider, uh, HEA has their own newsletter, which is teacher-centered. If you could, I mean, I would highly suggest that you follow uh, Meet Aaron Garcia on Facebook. Um, Aaron and I do a little stream. We've been on hiatus for a minute. That's your way of getting involved. You know, show up to the sports. Come, come. You know, support the kids. But um, policy wise, like policy wise, like um, the the school board meetings. Follow Meet Aaron Garcia. We talk about these all the time. Um, and Aaron always posts what's going on in our community. And then your local nonprofit orgs, Yes Foundation, Community Development Association. Um, you know, a lot of time we hear, oh, I didn't know about that. You know, well, uh, there are places. Um, Inside White Center is just one of those places. And, you know, we try to plug you with the real. So even on Instagram, I actually, um, I think Quinn probably mm. posts these. But she posted some really good stuff on the White Center CDA Instagram, and I'm always sharing those. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to share that. This is good for this person. This is good for that person. Yep. So, get on Instagram, follow White Center CDA. Yeah. Yep. The marketing like, team is pretty follow. good. On point. On fire. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with us, Erin? I love White Center. That's it. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. White Center himself. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure and always great work from you. Thank you. Glad thank I you. I interview you, brother. Man. Oh, and um, Emilio, congratulations. You are the best. Can oh. keep, keep that keep that piece in there, please? Uh, Emilio, I am so, so, so happy for you. Fish full of mercury.